Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. I'm glad to have Lima Asine with us again on the podcast this week, and we have been discussing the plan of salvation we've covered so far here and believe and repent and confess. And now we're going to get to perhaps one of the more controversial parts of the plan of salvation, needlessly so. Uh, because the Bible is very clear about this, but unfortunately, there are many people who, for one reason or another, they want to uh, deny this particular step, if, if you will, in the plan of salvation. So we're going to talk about that on the podcast this week. We're talking about being baptized as part of God's plan of salvation. Lima, would you say that this topic is probably the most controversial of the the plan of salvation, the steps in the plan of salvation? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, baptism is, is is so clearly and simply taught in the Bible as necessary. But for some reason, you know, in the realm of Christendom, uh, the devil has been working and a lot of people have been deceived to to believe that it is not necessary for salvation. I mean, we, we could agree if we go if we talk to those in denominations and 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 talk about you know do we need faith do we need to believe in god to be saved and they would agree yes we need to be believe in god to be saved uh do we need to repent to be saved they would say yes we we need to repent you got to change right you need to repent to be saved do you need to confess jesus to be saved they would say yes we we need to come and the moment we bring up baptism the answer changes do we need to be baptized to be saved then they will say well you know uh, that's where we differ. And, and so it's kind of sad. And, and you're right. It is the most controversial. Um, it's the most simple of it, of, of it all. Cause it's Bible is so clear. First Peter 3, 21, you know, the, the antitype where we're, we're onto baptism does also now save us. It's mm-hmm. so clear. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on it was. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. And, you know, I remember uh, with First Peter three twenty one. I think uh, Brother B.J. Clark had told us in school one time that I want to say he was like at Sonic or something, and and just happened to be studying his Bible, and somebody asked him about it, and he said, "Well, this is three, you know, First Peter three twenty one. And uh, the guy was asking further, and and I think maybe I'm just making this up, but it seems like B.J. had told us a story about this, and uh, the guy was like, "Well, I don't think you have to be baptized to be saved." So he shows him First Peter three twenty one, and he has him read it, and then the guy goes, "The like figure whereunto even baptism now doth also now." He kind of looks at it, looks at it, and then he shuts it, and he says, "I don't care what that says. I don't believe it." You know, and it's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what happens sometimes. People read what the Bible says, but they they want to explain it away. And I know you're a guy that studies with a lot of folks and and shares the gospel. Uh, through evangelism and Lima, have you ever run into situations like that where people will be on board, if you will, through most of the study, and then they come to the decision point of being baptized and they want to uh, deny the necessity of it? Do you ever do you ever see that in your evangelism? So, so uh, the people I've studied with, uh, they they don't necessarily deny. Um, the, the need for baptism because you know with using uh back to the bible um that first lesson on authority 
it, it really helps them see, hey, it's not about what Lima says. It's not about what your mom or dad says or your priest says. It's about what God says. And so whenever we come to the study of the plan of salvation, they they already have that understanding. Okay, I'm reading God's word. Um, that's the only word that matters. And so um, I guess in a good set, uh, uh, on a good side, I never really met someone that that um, uh, rejected baptism in a Bible study. Uh, but I have met someone who who didn't make the decision. And 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 even after they agree they needed to be baptized, it, it puzzles me uh, still today that they didn't make the decision. And and so. But yeah, I, I'm aware that there are people out there that when it comes to baptism um, and they read the verse um, and it doesn't register. And I think about uh, the debate that um, Paul Mays did online. Uh, he was debating uh, someone who was a Baptist and and he read Mark 16 and verse 16 where where Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, who believes not will be condemned. And he read that and he still said, you don't need to be baptized to be saved. It's sad. It's very, yes. very sad. And uh, Jordan May, which is a good buddy of mine from back in Louisiana that I grew up with. Uh, he He's on this particular season earlier, just a few episodes back for the listener to go check out. We talked about uh, once saved, always saved, a false doctrine. But uh, anyways, he and I were studying with a guy one time and uh he agreed with us pretty much spot on for the most part. When we went through back to the Bible with him, he, he disagreed with us on a couple of things here and there, like uh, instrumental music and things like that. And I said, well, let's keep studying and we'll get to, we'll get back to that, you know, but anyways, we come to the, the point of baptism and he just vehemently disagreed with us. And so I realized we were kind of at an impasse and uh, it was, you know, basically the moment of truth. And I'm like, well, if we're, we can't just keep going on, we're either going to have to break through and, and show him the truth and he'll accept it, or we're going to have to move on. So uh, we're studying baptism in detail with him, giving him verse after verse after verse. And we get to Mark 16, 16. And I said, okay, how about this? I took out a sheet of paper and I wrote on the sheet of paper, Mark 16, 16, what it says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And then I also wrote the wrong version of, of that verse. He who believes is saved and then baptized. He who does not believe will be condemned. And I said, okay, which one of these do you agree with? He looked at the one that was wrong, you know, what the Bible doesn't actually say in Mark 16, 16. He couldn't agree to that. But then he looked at what the Bible actually says in Mark 16, 16, and he couldn't agree with that either. So he said he didn't agree with either one of them. So he knew that taking the the verse and twisting it around was wrong, which is I'm glad that he realized that. But then he turned around and flat out rejected what the verse actually said. So it just goes to show you how um, disillusioned, I guess, people can be with the word of God sometimes. Absolutely. And and uh, sometimes people, after reading passages like that, sometimes I, I, I've heard people say this. Um, after reading it, they'll say, well, that's just your interpretation of the verse. You know, a verse like Mark 16, 16 and, and 1 Peter 3, verse 21, those verses on baptism, they, they need no interpretation. 
They need faith. You need to believe what it says. We got to believe what God is saying in his word. And uh, yeah, it's it's sad that when people are faced with the truth and, and they reject it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, such a such a good point there. And, you know, faith is supposed to go with our obedience. And, you know, true faith is a belief that leads to obedience. And there's so many passages that show that. Galatians 3, verse 26, you're all sons of God through faith. And then the very next verse, verse 27 of Galatians chapter 3 says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So it shows you that, yes, we must put all of our faith in Christ, and we do that. We make that decision. Ultimately, it culminates in our baptism into Christ. What is Why is there such a hang-up when it comes to this baptism step? Uh, I think it has to do with grace and faith and works and trying to have those things exclude one another when they actually don't. They all go together. And I think that there are some passages like Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, and Titus 3, verse 5, and portions of the book of Romans where people read them and they misinterpret them, and they try to exclude baptism from grace and faith and, and mercy and things like that. So, uh, Lima, would you like to kind of comment as to those things and, and why do people have this hang up about baptism? Uh, it's it's it boils down to a misunderstanding of of biblical uh, truths like like you mentioned there uh, Ephesians two verse eight and nine I've heard the argument so many times they'll read it for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast and then the assertion is immediately uh, put in after the reading uh, they will say. You see, it says not of works, and they say baptism is a work, and the Bible says not of works. We are saved by grace through faith, and that's sort of like the argument. The problem with the argument is nowhere in the Bible does it does it refer to you know New Testament baptism as a work, but consistently we see in the New Testament that baptism is a command. It's a command from God, right? It's not like a, a work. And then if you make the argument of it being a work, well, what did Jesus say about faith? What did Jesus say about believing in God? In John 6 and verse 29, the Bible says there, and Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who sent him, uh, whom he sent. And so it, it, I, I think it boils down to a misunderstanding of biblical truth, a misunderstanding or they've, they've for some reason separated the doctrine of baptism, the true doctrine of baptism, and they separate it from grace, from faith, and, and, and they call it a work. But if you just stick with the biblical context of baptism and grace and faith then you see that they're, they're all connected baptism is 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 an act of faith through which we receive god's grace if you're not baptized into christ you will not have god's grace because you you are not you, you are not believing in the word of god on baptism that's exactly right. And um, 
you know, people who try to go to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 and Titus 3, 5 to uh, counter the necessity of baptism, they're missing the point of those verses. It's talking about works of merit, you know, things that somehow in, in our human mind, we can begin to think, you know, I, God owes me, God deserves, or I rather deserve to be saved because of these things that I have done. And the point of those passages in Ephesians chapter two and uh, Titus three, verse five is no, we can never get to that point where we deserve what Christ did for us and, and the salvation that his blood offers to us. You look at Ephesians two, uh, verse number nine talks about not of works, lest anyone should boast that lest anyone should boast is the crucial, the crucial part of what Paul is saying there. We don't earn it. It's not something that we deserve or earn and we can't boast about it. Um, yeah. And, 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 in order to accept what Jesus did for us, we've got to realize that ultimately he did what we couldn't do on his cross. And that is he shed his perfect sinless blood on the cross and he was the propitiation for our sins. But that doesn't negate the fact that we have to accept what he did for us by doing what he said to be saved. And Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Absolutely. So, uh, again, uh, if there's any listeners who may be working through some of this in your your own thought processes and what have you, and you want to email us or message us on Facebook or what have you, we would love to talk to you about this. I know that, again, this is a controversial subject in much of the religious world today, but we are here to uh, discuss these things with you, uh, if you would give us the chance. And Lema, we want to switch gears a little bit, and uh, we want to talk about the mode of baptism. So uh, what is this word in the Greek, baptize, uh, baptizo, what does that indicate as far as the mode of baptism is concerned? Yeah, consistently throughout the entire New Testament, that word has one meaning. It means to immerse. I mean, to Read some of the definitions from the different dictionaries here. Um, you have Mounts who who says that the word baptizo means to dip or to immerse, to cleanse or purify by washing. Uh, Thayer says uh, uh, here is to dip, uh, submerge, and he gives like an an, an illustration uh, of a vessel sunk. Right, like a sinking ship, right? Um, uh, Strong says to immerse or submerge or to make whelmed or to be fully wet. Um, the the Greek word is is consistently used throughout the uh, New Testament, and the meaning is is right there. I mean, Romans chapter six gives a, a very clear picture that. That baptism is a burial, right? That we're buried when we are in the water. We're buried with Christ. In verse 3 and verse 4, I know we're going to read those later. Uh, but yeah, the meaning of the word is, is, is to submerge. It never means to sprinkle. It never means to have water poured on you. It, it means to submerge or to fully immerse someone. Right. I think another good passage to show this is uh, Acts chapter 8, when uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, verse number 38, 
they both went down into the water and uh, Philip baptized the uh, eunuch. So again, that would not have been necessary if uh, all you had to do was sprinkle or pour or what have you. They went down exactly. into the water. So uh, just wanted to briefly mention that because there is a lot of confusion in the religious world on that particular uh, topic uh, regarding baptism as well. We want to, with the remainder of our time, run through uh, several of the verses that deal with the critical importance of baptism. This is not an all-inclusive list, but the ones that we're going to look at for the rest of the podcast, I think will suffice to show that absolutely baptism is necessary for salvation. So the first one we want to cover is uh, in the Great Commission, Matthew's uh, account of the Great Commission. Lima, you want to talk about that one? Certainly, yeah. Matthew 28, 18, and verse 20. Let's read it first. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We refer to this as the um, Great Commission, and, and right, rightly so, because here we see that Jesus has all the authority. That is what Jesus says, um, we as disciples, as followers, we will do. And Jesus said that we are to go and to make disciples. Well, how do we make disciples? We preach the gospel, and when they obey the gospel, um, they obey the gospel through baptizing them, right? So if Jesus commands disciples to go and baptize people by making other disciples um, to, to go and baptize them, why is it that there are so many so-called disciples are saying you don't need to be baptized? Right, so we see here the great command from our Lord that part of this great commission, our mission, is to teach the gospel, baptize people into Christ, and continue teaching them about God. That's that's what we see here. Teach, baptize, teach. Right, right. You know, uh, people who deny the necessity of baptism, really, when you think about it, they're undermining a critical component of the great commission. It's it's exactly. right there in uh, Matthew chapter 28. It's also in the Mark account as well, which is the next one we want to look at. And we've already alluded to, and that's Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Mark writes, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is, of course, Jesus speaking here. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And we've talked about that quite a bit. What about uh, Acts 2.38, Lima? Yes, Acts 2.38. This is at the day of Pentecost. Peter had preached the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then the the verse 37, the Bible says that, and that they responded to, to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And what shall we do about what? What shall we do about our sins? What shall, shall we do about the fact that we crucified the Messiah? And Peter responds, you need to repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know the purpose of being baptized into Christ, here it is. 
The purpose is for the forgiveness, for the remission of sins. I was blessed to um, to travel to Jerusalem, and and there was this uh, a part of the temple area known as the uh, Southern Gate, and uh, remains are still there, or the Southern Steps. The remains are still there. Around the the Southern Steps, this is the likely site where Peter preached this gospel. Around the Southern Steps, there were many. Uh, mikvahs and what 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 is a mikvah it's like a, a a a a place where the jews would do their ceremonial washings or baptisms and so there were many mikvahs in the area and so uh it's a it's a it's a is it possible to be to baptize many people in in many uh with many mikvahs in the area absolutely there were so many there i i i didn't count but there were more than 10 uh, uh, for sure. Uh, but the, the the site where Peter preached this sermon, there was available water for people to be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. So um, <clears throat> the various apostles that would have been there definitely could have divvied up this and, and accomplished 3,000 baptisms uh, on Absolutely. that day for sure. So the Bible does say in Acts chapter 2 that 3,000 souls were added to the church uh, on that day. Those that gladly received the word, by the way, is it verse 41? They were baptized. Right, exactly. I think that's verse 41, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're right. So, Mm -hmm. so, uh, again, it all makes sense when you read this uh, with unbiased eyes. You know, uh, he said, you've got to repent and be baptized to receive the remission of the sins. And those who gladly received that word, they did exactly that. All right, that's all we have time for this week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Tune in next Monday, and we will wrap up this discussion of baptism with Lima Asine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.